Okay, listen, I tried Chick-fil-A Fox, sauce for the first time in my life ever. This time. And I'm like addicted now. Yeah. I bought it at Walmart. Just go buy it at the store and put it on. Yeah, that's what I did. I bought yeah. it at Walmart. You buy it at the store and then you put it on your and then you put it on your then you put it on your Popeye's chicken. I put it on my uh, oh, I put it on my now, dino chicken see, nuggets. This is where it was delicious. Brando's genius comes just <laughs> soaring to the just floating to the top on Yeah, this but one. the thing is though, since genius. Popeyes has them chicken nuggies these days, they don't need you don't need Chick-fil-A sauce because Popeyes does all the same sauces they do, but better. It's really, it's really up to Mitch. And in um, case you can't say. figure it out, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode thirty-one of Brevity Box on the Ruminations Radio Network. <laughs> Mitch, Brando in full swing. That's right. Mitch, welcome I'm back your to favorite. another episode of Brevity Box. I'm You're like an asshole so with, those, with, with those with those stealth starts. You realize that sometimes, right? <laughs> it's such a good story, though. I had to get it. I had some to get some bullshit. pieces of it. We'll chop up some pieces of it. We won't let anything go crazy. <laughs> but it's good to see you get scared about something. That's not a lot. It's not all apathy. We heard the butthole <laughs> just a little it's, bit. It's not scared. It's respect. Yeah. No, I get it, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put something out there that would put that kind of thing in trouble. So let's not worry about it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yes, welcome back to another episode. Episode thirty-one. Uh, return to New Orleans for me after totally milking evacuation time as long as i just could possibly manage three weeks and then and then we had to come back and do it the old-fashioned way so i'm back in my house and uh really uh, having to deal with the brunt of the reality that i'm maybe not quite the man i thought i was uh i tried to wield a chainsaw with manly studliness and accuracy and muscles and after doing it for about four and a half hours, I totally felt like the wussiest bitch on the planet the next day. <laughs> the last time I wielded a chainsaw, my Android phone pocket dialed 911. That was an interesting situation. I'm not allowed to touch the chainsaw. <laughs> it knew something you didn't? I'm not allowed to touch them. Why not? I don't know. Just everyone tells me I'm not allowed to touch them. I think they're scared or something. Are they afraid of Probably. what you'll do? Maybe around people that you have a vendetta against. Mm. I could see that being the case. Yeah. But, you know, it's a weird thing, right? I I tried to go and find a chainsaw first. You can't find a chainsaw. I learned that FEMA will try to help you buy a chainsaw, which was kind of news to me and pretty cool. So I got a Husk Varna. Uh, 18-inch bar chainsaw, manly speak. Did you learn the... Electric chainsaws are bullshit and buy a gas one. Gas all oh, way. I have a gas one. I already knew electric had its place. Yeah, gas is way more what you need for what I had. And what I had was the top half of a magnolia that just blew off and fell in my yard and just caused complete chaos. Uh, I had to cut it up and the chainsaw did great, you know, and it didn't take as long as I thought it would to cut everything up and get it into manageable pieces. 
but I'm not kidding around four hours with a chainsaw in totally reasonable and comfortable weather. We're talking like 80 degrees, maybe with a cool breeze sun. And I, my ass was kicked thing weighs like nine and a half pounds. And after doing it for about four hours, I felt like I needed to, I felt more like I needed to work out more often <laughs> than I have in a very long time. And I mean, I'm not shitting you. And I slept like a zombie. It's like I was gone. It really kicked my ass. I was surprised. I didn't, I mean, I don't know why I was surprised, but it, it gave me a, a rude awakening of what's going on. I mean, I saw, that's the weird thing about driving around New Orleans or coming back into town is you see how much of those trees and debris blew off. And for me, I noticed it when I was driving by a junior high on the way to my house, they had uh, three quarters of the football field. They had knocked down a f part of the fence or removed part of the fence so people could drive in and drop off their branches and larger trunk tree trunks and debris. And it was all just, you know, trees and whatnot. And it was 20 feet high, not exaggerating, and uh, at least 60 yards wide, full width of the football field, 60 yards long. So just incredible amounts of uh weird shit to see when you're driving home but i'm back safely and uh i don't know i got a lot to say about it and before i get into it i should probably say all the the wonderful things about who brings us uh our show bye <laughs> that's what you he do. said you sound better you sound better coming this time brenda that's a weird <laughs> question but um I feel awkward, but I'm glad to be there for you. I guess. <laughs> oh, anyhow, anyhow, uh, after being after being gone to Tucson for three weeks while this city uh, came together. Oh shit! So that five G finally came active. Is it the chip from the vaccine? Hang on a sec. Hang on. Test, test, test. Test, test, test. Are we going to be able to do this? Or should we back out now? Oh, I'm going to pee my pants. Test, test, test. Okay, we're good. Okay. If you didn't hear what I just said about your mother, then yeah, we're good. Are you talking about my mom? Oh, I'm going right. to come beat your ass. Charlie's. No, Charlie's mom. Okay. I was like, you don't even know my mom, Brando. <laughs> Just all jacked up. And what would you say about my mom anyway? She's a lovely person. Yeah, she is a lovely person. That's right. Okay. But I have some, I have some, some disagreements about the way she raised you, though. <laughs> you line <laughs> up. I mean, that's like a, that's a very long line of people. So I think the results speak for themselves, though, you know, just saying. Yeah, that phrase isn't the compliment that you think it is. Oh, I believe Somebody it is what I think it ought to be. So there. Yes. Yes, he does. I believe in me. <laughs> it's right, good so to have just... some amount of confidence, I think. I mean, it helps, you know. 
I don't like false confidence. I like confidence of people who've had to pick themselves up off the ground a few times. You know, I, I like that particular brand of confidence that the confidence that, you know, you can get back up from almost anything. You know, I like that. Uh, I like that. I think that is something about New Orleans, or I may be romanticizing this bit because of what's going on in the city. But I, I said this to Brando that it occurred to me that a lot of the things people think about when they think about New Orleans or coming to visit New Orleans or Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest and going in the French Quarter and you, you just think about partying and having a drink and people who are doing second lines. And if you don't know what a second line is, is after, after a funeral procession and the funeral's done, the second line is everybody having a party celebrating a life right and they do a second line for weddings too where you're out there celebrating and announcing everything uh, right after you walk down the aisle and get say your nuptials and get married so it's a big tradition here and you know i know i've grew up here when i was real little and never gave it any thought and I was here after Katrina, but I didn't live here at the time. Having lived here now, it occurred to me that that has some real meaning to it. I just thought it was about partying. I think a lot of people do when they're not from here, right? Come to New Orleans, get, get shit-faced, have a good time in the French Quarter. You know, and that's, I think that's pretty normal. I mean, everybody had a great time when they were in the French Quarter for my wedding. Everybody got completely drunk. I got completely drunk. From what I remember of that vacation, it was very good. It was very, very good. And they know how to party. But, you know, you uh -huh. we came back to a city that had no trash services for three weeks. And they're out there having a, a trash parade. They took all their garbage and they made just mocking decorative floats about this. And they start having a ridiculous parade. And they're, that's awesome. the whole idea is that they're mocking it. Same thing with one. Well, that's So that's part of what I think never occurred to me before is that that the whole point of that is to kind of go, you know, we all, they, everybody here knows it's a shitty situation. Nobody wants to anybody to feel sorry for them and they don't want to feel sorry for people, but, they want to they want to sort of laugh in the face of the tragedy of it, which I get. Right. But nobody goes through explaining that part of it. They're like they're having they're they're going to reject the fact that that's where a lot of people want to go. Right. You kind of think, oh, how sad. Oh, it's and it is it's tough. But everybody here would rather have a drink, spit in the face of it you know, mock the reality of it and get, get through it. And I think they do a good job about it. And you start seeing that, right. That, that the community comes out in that, but mm -hmm. that, that had never occurred to me before. And it occurs to me now. And it's a, it's a weird thing to see because it's a, it's certainly got a lot of struggles and problems, but everybody here is super supportive right now. You know, they're all, they're all watching out for each other, which is pretty cool. Anyway. I had mentioned it to Brando that I thought that that was part of the soul of the city. You can see that in, in a lot of the symbolism of it. And even when you hear like cheap, you know, trash company commercials, everybody's like, we'll be fine. We know how to get through this. And usually that means a party and a, and a beer. 
you know, and, and I even that's what helped us get through it. When even though we were in Tucson at the time, it was seeing people we were close to, and you know, it's about those people who are there for you. I, I don't know. Had a lot of time to think about it, and it's it's cool to see it on display in in the face of a bunch of blue tarp roofs and and trash and debris piled high on people's yards. It's cool to see everybody out there helping each other and having a good time. And the city wanted to come back to that immediately yesterday. Let's go out. Let's have a, let's eat out. Let's have a drink. Let's go. They want to, they want to get back to living, which is great. You know, it's cool to see. As I take a drink of my IPA, but I swear to God, IPAs are just pumpkin spice lattes for men. You think so? Yep. So I have a question for you, Charlie. Uh, go on. Yeah, throw it on. Let's say that because we're not from Louisiana, nor do we live there, is there any way people like Brando or myself could could help uh, hurricane relief in any way? Uh, we are very happy to be partnered up with the American Red Cross. Thousands affected by Hurricane Ida urgently need support. Your donation, like you and Brando, can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to Hurricane Ida. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you. And I'm saying thank you from me personally. Um, I've talked about my mom and dad's situation in the past. And now that I've been here, that's probably the hardest part is, is knowing that uh, like for me being gone for three weeks, it was a huge relief to come into the house and my house did pretty great. You know, the inside wasn't really that different. It was kind of messy and a little, little musty because it had been warm, you know, without power for a mm -hmm. long time. And uh, it was so nice to sleep in my own bed. It was just so nice to sleep in my own space, in my own bed. And you take it for granted. You think about it when you're away for a while, maybe on a vacation. You think about it even more when you can't go back home when maybe you want to go home. And that's the thing that occurs to me about my parents. Like, it's one thing to say their house was under three feet of water. and you pretty much lose everything that water touches because that water is toxic. It's mm -hmm. not like pipe busts and water fills up. It's water that's covering the entire area and you don't know what's in it. It's get, you know, what do you keep on the ground in the garage, gas, oil, uh, cleaners, chemicals, and then gas stations keep a lot of their gasoline in the ground. All that stuff is floating up into the water and it gets into the house and it's just ruins everything furniture the wood swells if you have anything like that so yeah they lost that stuff and they have to go through and make a list and hopefully they'll get made whole by their insurance or by flood insurance but it's it's that stuff that occurred to me is that first off they have to go mill through it all right and make a list of all the stuff they mm -hmm. lost which is sounds just like that sounds more tragic to me than the loss itself is having to revisit every piece of it. You and know, dear I mean? listeners, this is your incentive 
to maybe go do that shit now. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like terrible, but yeah, do it. If you live in an area like that. Spreadsheets, pictures, serial numbers, prices. Or hire somebody who loves to do that. that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it really is necessary, but it, you know, it's going to be painful. But it's the it's that other part of it. It's they left. And unlike me, uh, they don't get to go back to their bed. Right. They don't get back to go back to that bedroom for like months. It's going to be a long time and maybe not to that same place at all. Right. And so, you know, a lot when we're and I mean, the funny thing is, is that I think in the end they will be OK. Right. They have insurance. They have uh, my house and my sister's house and my aunt's house that they can stay at. There's options. The people that we want you to consider donating to um, Red Cross, or we'll be mentioning a few other places too, if you want to donate to those affected by Hurricane Ida. Um, and the, the people I'm thinking about are the ones who don't have other places to go to, uh, to sleep and stay, and they also can't go back home. That's the part that, that sticks with me about my mom, because I'm kind of that same way. I mean, I'm fine living with people or being a guest for a period of time, but at some point you just want to go back to your own place and get the fuck out of everybody's mm-hmm. hair. Right. And do your own thing. And yeah. I mean, that's my mom too, like anybody. And so it's just, you know, that's the part that sucks. And there's just no uh, easy way to, to go about it. I mean, the, the good thing is, is if, you know, FEMA will do what they can. Their home insurance will do what they can. Federal flood insurance will do what they can. And eventually things will kind of be brought back together. And there's some good ways to look at that. But man, I I don't know anybody that has any home or apartment that they live in and have lived in for a few, maybe a year or more, where they're comfortable and they know where all their shit is and it's exactly where they're they're used to it being. And you have to leave one day and then you can't go back to that place and all that shit's gone. <laughs> it's going to... Yeah. You know, and I mean, and I literally just celebrated um, my my dad's 85th birthday was yesterday. And uh, well, happy we, birthday we went to out him. to dinner and it was. Yeah. Happy birthday to Mr. Paul Salos. Uh, don't look that guy up on Google and start telling me about Sinatra. I know about Sinatra. OK, but we had a great birthday and he's in good spirits and we um, we had you know, it was a lot of fun, but it's still, you know, they had to go home to my sister's house right now. Probably it'll be my house next week. So we'll see where it goes. But to to hear that that's the situation, I mean, it, you imagine if you're in your 80s and you're you're just having to think about buying all your furniture again and all your, you know what other, I mean? All the that other shit. way to look at, at that it, though. Time, it sounds like, I'd be thinking of saying "fuck it" and moving to Del Boca Vista. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I, I think we I think that's we've talked about that. Sorry, Becky, what were you saying? I said there's another way to look at it, though. Like the other way to look you at know, it. At least all of you are alive, you know, and you have your family. One hundred percent. We keep that was the first thing we said to each other um, when we saw each other was just that thankfully we're we're all okay and nobody's. Mm-hmm. lost their lives or anything like that and my sister's house was good my house was good and we're inside the levy system here in new orleans um but you know they weren't and i i think that's sort of the tough part is do you 
do you go back and rebuild in the same place or do you take what you can cut your losses and go inside the levy system or somewhere else? And you're seeing that between them and their Mm -hmm. friends, their friends are moving to a totally different place. They don't want to, you know, they're going to get the house repaired, but then they're going to sell it and they're going to go somewhere else where they don't have to worry about that again. And I don't know what to tell you about my parents. My mom's a pretty stubborn, amazing person. So I wouldn't be surprised with either, but you know, still kind of crazy to see that's somebody close to me. And I only share that story, not for any reason other than uh, to try to bring awareness to what it is that can affect people that they weren't prepared for, you know, and my parents were probably more prepared than most. So, you know, I'm for sure just trying to bring the idea of what these kinds of storms do to people in neighborhoods. Um, I have a good friend of mine named Brooks Fredericks, whose family's from Houma, Louisiana. And Brooks is, um, and I have a story about, about this guy, but easily the most talented artist I've ever personally met and known. And I met the, met the man at, we were both kids in Lake Charles, Louisiana at McNeese State University. And if you've never heard of that school, there's probably a good reason why, but they have some uh, incredible uh, colleges inside of that campus. And one of them was the art, the College of Art, Fine Arts. And Brooks is a painter, um, but at the time we were in the same drawing class. And I happened to take uh, intaglio printmaking. And you should look that up because you don't want me to go on forever and ever about what that is. But um, you make etches into a plate and you press it and create prints from these plates that you have a process for working on. And I'll save you the agony of hearing all about it, but I loved it. And at the time, we were both in the same class of a teacher who if they cast the role would be played by Keanu Reeves. I mean, the guy looked like the Baba Yaga, but as an art professor, right. And, um, real fun class built a lot of great friendships there. And Brooks is the guy who's so naturally gifted in my opinion. And in a lot of other people's opinions, I mean, he's an, a professor, an educator, and also just a talented and uh, known artist, but the man, that I, the, the kid I remember, I remember it was our final and I put like you would expect way too much thought. And I, I just overthought and overanalyzed and second guessed everything. And at one point I remember looking outside and seeing Brooks hurling his plate, his final, like against a brick wall and like laughing giddy like the craziest combination of imagery. And you think it's a hell of a drug. Well, (laughs) no, completely straight, hard edge, straight guy. And everything on mine, I thought was perfect. But when we pulled prints from those plates, mine was total dog shit compared to his, his was, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like if he had never done anything to the plate itself, like throwing it against the, wall or got any of that texture on it it would have been absolute gorgeous you would have been like thrown back by the image and then doing all that he somehow knew it was um you know it 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 was one of those moments where i looked at it i was like i like art i like to make arty things but i am not an artist like that right like he is that guy <laughs> and that guy is is i mean 
to this day. He lives uh, in New York now, and and you should look him up. Uh, I mean, really worth. He's got an incredible website, and he's using some of that website and some of the the things that he's created, the beautiful paintings that he's created, and the relationships that he's built along the way in his career. Uh, again, he's from Houma, Louisiana. His his hometown was really heavily affected by Hurricane Ida as well, just as much as the the place where my mother lives, Laplace, was affected in the same way. And he's also trying to raise funds. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just read from his website. It's a Hurricane Ida recovery art sale organized by Brooks Frederick. Uh, proceeds go directly to grassroots organizations and tribal groups working to heal the South Louisiana coast in the wake of the devastating effects of Hurricane Ida. 100% of profits sent directly to United Home and Nation and the Helio Foundation. Additional $10 shipping cost supply, currently only shipping inside the USA. Donation info will be made public. Fundraiser dates are September 8th through November 8th. And to date, they have raised $2,700 so far. There's new art added each week. And of course, he thanks you for supporting the rich culture of Southern Louisiana. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to post this uh, link for his website at uh, brooksfredericksquarespace.com for Hurricane Relief Art Sale. We're going to post that to our Instagram and try to get that out there mm-hmm. too. Um, but if not, I'm sure you can easily Google a uh you know brooks frederick and uh hurricane ida recovery art sale and find your way there as well but look it up you know he got a lot of donated artwork as well as art and paintings that he's produced himself and they're all out there for people to um you know if if you're not the kind of person who wants to just donate cash here's something you can bid on and get something beautiful that a little piece of southern louisiana that'll go and support the right group so um yeah i think we've We've covered a lot of that help. If you if you want to call the American Red Cross, do that. If you want to look up Bricks Frederick, we appreciate all of it. And uh, thanks for taking the time to hear me wax on about New Orleans and, and kind of what's going on with Hurricane Ida. It's still all new to me, and I appreciate you listening to it. I'm, I'm certainly boring these guys with it, uh, like, all the time. So moving on. It's not boring. I think we're, we're free <laughs> to go on to the next story. Well. You know, I don't I don't want to kick it too much, but I'm I'm sort of blown away a little bit uh, every day by it. Just living here and seeing the attitude and kind of the reality of it. It's just a little little uh, uh, surprising. It never ceases to be surprising. And also that it's cool to know or have any ability to to mention it or talk about it and to see somebody like Brooks, who, you know, I remember uh destroying my dorm room listening to possum kingdom from the toadies in when i was in college with this guy and now college when that one came out (laughs) and now we're you know trying to bring awareness for something and and maybe being able to help anything is um awesome right totally feels cool so moving on uh, i was going to bring up last time I wanted to see what you guys thought or if you had read anything about these sunglasses that were a collaboration between Ray-Ban and Facebook. Well, I, for one, am looking forward to our dystopian cyberpunk future with zero privacy, he says sarcastically. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> that I, I, I mean, that's kind of what I wrote in the in the title description was 
uh, invasion of privacy, but they're really bitching sunglasses. <laughs> but at the same time, in public, you have no expectation of privacy. You don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure does what it, I think again doesn't mean I like the idea of people walking around with cameras on their face. But I absolutely hate for that some idea. reason. This I had it in my head. So I, I I hate the idea because I feel like in your case, Becky, let's say you're you're part you're unknowingly part of somebody's Instagram live show, right? I'm you on go out on a YouTube date, channel right now. You're no, I'm on somebody's YouTube I'm channel sorry, what? right now, and I'm really upset about it. Yeah, without my without consent. your permission. Yeah. How did you get recorded? We'll talk about um, this while after I was at work. I think. Yeah. It was a. Uh... Oh, I totally fucking missed your message there, Becky. <laughs> 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 oh, no wonder. God, I I did not even. <laughs> no wonder you were uh, just so hilarious. I am such a prick. <laughs> I saw. I saw. Total shithead. I saw an opening, That's and so I was like, funny. "This is the perfect. This is perfect." Oh, what a and I was setup. like, "Man, this so back when I said what a setup." I t- <laughs> I swiped that Red Cross drop right from Becky. People, this is me. Just like whatever the mannish version of ignoring a message. We have a message board right here right in front of me and i even have it on a bigger screen than it comes with my laptop and it says can i drop the red cross and i just read it i just saw it and i totally went through and said great wow becky thanks for helping me i'm gonna read this No, I wanted you. I wanted you to drop it i just thought it was like the perfect i thought it was the perfect spot for it you can drop. I didn't want to drop it. Spot. I'm not good you at that stuff. I don't right read well. Yeah. I totally gave you the assist and you missed that dunk, sir. You missed it. I and totally got did. a thousand that people booing. So we were 23 minutes <laughs> into our recording. Maybe we should take a quick little station break so we could hear someone properly give that drop. Thousands affected by Hurricane Ida urgently need support. Your donation can help the American Red Cross provide warm meals, shelter, and hope to these families. Please donate today. Go to redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to donate to Hurricane Ida. Your support is critical. We can't do it without you. And we're back. What are we talking about again? Well, we were talking about Becky being on a YouTube channel against Ah, her will, which I guess, are we going to talk about that later? Or do you want to drop the reality about that onto us now? Oh, I can drop it. I'm not going to talk anything about their channel, though, because I'm. I'm furious. <laughs> I don't want to promote them. I just yeah, can't no, like, no, 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 yeah. prom- no, no promotion. No, I'm just, not promoting them at all. Happen. Um, well, so okay. so well, well, as a lot of as our one listener knows, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I work in a neonatal <laughs> intensive care know. unit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we get a oh, lot wow. of uh, yeah, a lot of broken babies 
Okay. And recently I was I was um I don't know how to explain it to you mere mortals. No, I'm just kidding. Um I was the admission nurse <laughs> that night. So <laughs> when you're admission nurse, you have to go to the deliveries and you know, if you bring the baby back, you take on that baby and um this baby had a pretty serious thing going on. I'm not getting too into it. Um and right understood to take him back to the unit and you know we're doing our admission stuff and you know I try to like make make it okay for parents because they do miss out on a big part of you know you know cutting the cord or you know when your baby has to be rushed to the NICU I try to give them those little experiences so um I kindly recorded this dad cutting this baby's cord and I just thought that would be the end of it well come to find out the whole time that he was in my room with me he had his phone on and was recording everything I did with the baby and they now they have a YouTube channel because everybody thinks that everybody cares about everything and so now my face (laughs) is is on a YouTube channel that's been viewed by half a million people without my consent. Yeah. While I'm at work. Yeah, that's not good. While you can clearly like hear. Hit them up for some of that ad revenue money. <laughs> while you can clearly hear other parents in the background having private conversations. While you can hear the doctors having private yeah, it's conversations. Yeah, an incredible violation. Yeah, it's an yeah, it's an, it's, a, it's an incredible violation. Without my consent, and it's so hard to to know if someone's using their phone to take a picture or to record. And it's like you want you want those people to have well, so, that moment, to have that memory, to take the pictures. But I'm not, I'm I don't want to be recorded. So, but the, that's I'm kind of upset. my point about the. <laughs> And, and not at all minimizing your plight. Your your story is a good example of what I mean, though, because that guy had a phone that was recording the whole time. And in this mm-hmm. case, it would be because um, these glasses are not all sunglasses. Some of them won't look like sunglasses. And you're going to have, you know, and the cameras right. are made to look like the rivet inside the little uh, the framing of the glassware itself. Right. Like the traditional ray-ban wayfair risky business look you know that yeah with uh not a totally dark lens and so that guy could have been wearing the glasses and recording you know uh, that's what bothers me about it is that it the Mm -hmm. idea was first off i don't really much like the company that owns ray-ban at this point anyway but that just Shut up, Luxottica, go fuck yourself. Yeah, like like it kind of fits that Facebook and Luxottica would kind of team up. They seem like the two uh, major evil genius companies out there to create a perfect invasion of privacy because they're going to be everywhere. You're going to have that's going to. I just can't imagine those wouldn't be popular, right? Everybody's going to want to have their. Oh, this is going to create a what? whole new weird genre of stepsis porn. Well, <laughs> but but especially like now, but nowadays though, like with everybody thinking that they're an influencer, like this is a no one cares. 
but apparently a lot of people do. Well, well, the thing is, is I think it's going to make it, it's going to make it where some of the like trolling is going to take a whole new level, right? Like the guy who can get, it's disgusting. Um, something controversial to happen while it's in first person perspective and not on a phone. I know Karen videos are going to become uh, a lot more up close and and and, and creative. We you need know. to legalize pepper spraying Karens. I'm just saying. I just think it's well, it's a weird other, thing to give here's everybody. Here's the other thing too. It was already shitty to give everybody a camera with a phone. Well, yeah, but okay. here's the other thing too. Like I have a restraining order against somebody. So I don't like that person to know where I am, to know where I work. And if this person were to see this video on YouTube, they could find me. And that scares the shit out of me. That scares the shit out of me. So there's no way to pull that down though. But there's no, there's no way to have Um, that, to address that with YouTube. I would think you could. No. Well, I'm going. I've gone to the hospital, um, to the higher ups at the hospital because of it. But it's that's scary because you can clearly see my name tag. You can hear me introduce myself to the to the mom when she comes in. I'm pretty and, sure you, you can know, get you a can see in the video. You can thing. see what hospital they're at. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty it's sure you scary. can. Yeah, oh, let's say there, there, there. I would think that there would be a way to do that. Yeah, that's a scary. I'm tra- situation. I have to go through the proper. That's a channels. really scary situation. Yeah. Is there some sort of? But I'm of just po- saying, like, I mean, is, you're walking seem, the street. Uh, you're walking the streets out there. You would never look at me and say, "Oh, yeah, that girl's got a restraining order against somebody." You wouldn't. You don't know that. You don't know who's in witness protection. You don't know who likes to keep their life private, you know? Not everybody wants to no, watch you drink your diet Coke. No, but I can't imagine being somebody. <laughs> well, so that's the thing, right? That's where it gets a little ridiculous for me is I'm sure that this guy was, I just don't know where the thinking is there. I don't, I, I don't really have that in in me personally, that if I had, I don't want anybody to see me cut an umbilical. Not that I care. It's not that I don't. It's like I don't I, want. And you know, me want. taking it's that video was in the catalog of selections. You know, right. But me taking that video, my thought process was, well, this is a good, you know, for their personal memories, their personal record. Nobody was in the video. It was just him and yeah. the baby. All identifiers were covered up. You, I didn't talk. You know, like. That was okay with me because I want people to have those memories. You need to have those memories, especially if you have a really sick baby. Well, and it's and, up know, to them. I'm the not criticizing them. I'm just saying I don't understand yeah. it. Yeah, I, I for just me, don't. What, for personal, me, seeing this video, yeah. it's straight up for clout with these people. And it's under I, the disguise I, yeah, of I have no bringing, idea where that would bring you clout. Uh, bringing um, awareness to a situation, but you don't need, there's other ways to bring awareness to things. You don't need to yeah, that seems like, have a YouTube I don't know video with. I don't know what you're referring to there. <laughs> but I'm just saying there's other ways to go to. about it. Like, uh, I guess you can't talk about it, but. 
I'm I can't sure talk about it without I feel like you're paying for a brief yeah. period of time. Yeah, I understand. I understand. But I think we get what you're saying there. And it, it definitely correlates, uh, albeit I did not think that deeply, but about like a situation like that. But for sure, if that guy knew about these new glasses, it could be the glasses he's wearing. And then he can record it all. Mm -hmm. And you would have never been a part of it at all. Right. Because mm -hmm. he would have never had to yeah. hand off something for somebody else to hold. He could have yeah. done it all in first person. If I can get my ugly fat ass off of Google Maps, Street View, then ideally you can do this. Yeah, but there's a, I yes. have to. I was briefly on Google Maps Street View and so was my license plate. Oh, oh. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. Thankfully for me, it was actually a fairly easy thing to do, but still. But I, re dude, this is the thing. I remember. I lived in Arizona in Tucson. I lived in a neighborhood that had a really ridiculous HOA and the HOA was pretty much run by a bunch of older retirees that had very specific things they didn't like. Old and Karens. Yes. Old Karens. And I remember one of them driving around the neighborhood in their, you know, late or early two thousands model Lincoln town car uh with with an old school digital camera in just driving around filming everybody's yard and in Arizona you don't have grass you have gravel and if there are weeds growing out of that gravel they'll cite you and send you a notice and threaten to to penalize you with a fee yeah, and that's fine yeah, there was definitely not, you know, the perfect for retirees, not so much for people who are working all the time. Um, but the thing that I hated is I would have really responded well to a knock on the door. And even if somebody were just, you know, a, a checklist, a pen, and were just walking around their neighborhood and that was part of their HOA duties. Oh, that address didn't have their weeds done. Check mark. We have to send them a thing. The videotaping set me off and that was one of those few times where i walked up and knocked on the window because they were going really slow and i was like why are you know i was pissed at the fact that they were filming people and even though i it's not like they were ever going to post it i don't think youtube was even where where it was at the time you know what it is now not even close but it just upset me that that was the idea. And it was sort of born out of laziness, right? Like they just didn't want to walk around. They just wanted to drive, videotape, plug the tape or digitally uh, plug it into their television and watch it and do the notes that way. And so they never have to get out of the air conditioning in the desert. I get it. But it still felt like an invasion of sorts, you know, and I didn't want to be filmed. I don't know why I didn't like it. I didn't want to be filmed. And just like Brando didn't want to be on Google Maps, and just like you don't want to be in this dude's uh, weird in my pajama pants YouTube video, right? It's like I, I just think giving people glasses, like making it trendy as a piece of eyewear, is gonna explode that element. And I was just thinking about Becky going on a date, you know, like hi, I saw <laughs> you here, and we're and this guy's yeah. like. But, but, but what if someone caught her shaming the fuck out of that guy by changing his tire? Oh, I that guarantee you he's awesome. putting the glasses away before happened. he gets to that part. <laughs> like when he knocks on the window, he's like, yeah, I had to take off my glasses. I don't want anybody to see you changing my tire for me. 
<laughs> I don't know, just like some, you know, some some other third party that sees this happening and says, "Look at this bitch-made motherfucker that has to have a girl change his tire for him." Yeah, that'd be a great TikTok. I it wish that I wish TikTok. there was video evidence of it. I wish there was. That would be that would be yeah, okay with me where, to well, put so on. So now YouTube. you're making an argument. Yeah, I was gonna say now you're making an argument for where the glasses might come in handy. Like you have them in your to car shame for those somebody. moments, and he's like, "Hey, I didn't know you wear glasses," yeah. and you're like. I only do sometimes <laughs> when I have to help a, a simp cuck like you change a tire. I film it with my new Ray-Ban Facebook eyeglasses. <laughs> I mean, Not I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to sound curmudgeonly about it, but you know, no, yeah, I just, the first thing I thought about was people using it in the worst capacity, right? Like, we're not talking. There's certainly going to be great and interesting uses for it, but at least for sure, for sure. I it's, just had a really great idea. It's going to be TikTok bait. There's going to be a thousand TikToks started just from those classes. I just had a great idea. Throw it my way. Maybe I'll just have to keep a, a small flashlight in my pocket because what would screw up a camera's recording more than getting a Ooh. beam? Flash. Shown right at that person holding the camera. Maybe I'll just. Oh, walk you can just you can have your me. own glasses, the cheapy ones with the two lights. You know the ones on the outsides, like <laughs> just ones you can find at a dollar store. <laughs> or are you just gonna have a halogen little flashlight? I got a little stream light that runs off like a AAA. He's got one of the mining lights on his head at all things. times. Actually, I do need to replace my headlamp. <laughs> it's kind of a piece of shit. Oh, that's what so, that's called—a headlamp. In the next episode, that is, yeah, it's it's a headlamp. Um, in the next episode, Becky, you were talking about something that we're not going to go too deep into, but I wanted you to cover your your just your interest in it, sort of a teaser for the next episode. Oh my gosh, I'm so enthralled. Because you had with some case. some theories. I have big theories. So lay it down for big, us. Big huge theories. I mean, it's all really all sad right. how it all came about so i'm sure everybody's heard about the gabby petito case she's a 22 year old i think i think i think you've you've heard about it or you've read about her fiance showed up yeah so her fiance shows up and her family's like uh where's gabby and he's like i don't know after like this van trip it's real interesting and it just keeps like tumbling and now he's lost yeah, no one I can recall, find they him. were doing that. Ha- yeah, yeah now I recall, they were doing that hashtag van life bullshit, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like influencers. They? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate that word. To- like, yeah, they think they're influencers, but he's a serial I, killer. I, That's my so theory. I, so this, so well, yeah, I think a lot of people have that theory. Yeah, you know it. It, it was weird for me that this case came about when it did because the drive from Tucson to New Orleans is roughly about 22, 23 hours. And we had a lot of time mm-hmm. to listen to, uh, well, just a ton of music, but we got into the serial podcast. So the original mm-hmm. season one, season one. It's so good. It's so good. And um, good. I, that, fucker, that good. fucker Jay totally did it. It's all Jay. It's all Jay. <laughs> it's all yeah, Jay. I did. Look, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have not. 
Brooke and I have not uh, listened to too many. We've gotten into shows and documentaries together where we get hooked and we'll we'll run through the whole thing. And and I think the first time we ever did that was the first full release Sopranos collection DVD set. And we ran through all the Sopranos episodes over like a oh, week. I need to rewatch that show. And it was it was so good and we loved the shit out of it. And every now and then we've come across a variety of shows. And sometimes they were um like we got into the first season of uh, True Detective and uh, there's a series of shows like that where we get lost into that. Mind and she Hunters. is a big murder porn fan, Mind Hunters, Forensic Files, uh, yeah. uh, Joe Kenda. Shout out the to Joe Kenda. 48. Joe Kenda, your voice is in my head when I sleep, sir. I'm just telling you, lots of that is in her head, but we've never tapped into that with a podcast and serial season one. We're listening to it initially while we're driving around Tucson. And we effectively finished it on the road home uh, and mixed in were bouts of music that varied from things you could make fun of, of my musical EDM dance centric tastes all the way to jungle. And I do make fun of those. Shout out to jungle. <laughs> Anything from jungle is good. Almost everything from jungle is great. And I cannot emphasize the importance of music for me, for oh, new Orleans, so for cool. anything just to I get would... you by. And before I, I move into talking about to see Petita, I would say your top ten most played songs of all time. I would love to see. It's going to be a lot of jungle. It's going to be a lot of jungle. Oh man, that's yeah. I it's think interesting. I think you guys would be surprised sure by mine, but I really want to see yours. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to bring. We need to bring that to the table sometime soon. But you were talking about this new case, and that was all I thought about was the serial podcast and how this guy, when when you know you're listening to, um, and I forget that woman's name now, and it's not it's a damn shame that I did, but she does an incredible job and has just call her what she is, vocal fry. She is vocal fry <laughs> for sure. But <laughs> the specialist that she has on there, when oh, oh, Sarah Koenig. Sarah Koenig, when they when they talk about what a psychopath is, that was the first thing I mm-hmm. thought about with this case was that this guy totally. is Jay. He snapped. He's like Jay. Total. I I I don't know enough uh, to say what I think. I want to know more about the case. I haven't read enough oh my about gosh, it. That's why that's all, why we're all, researching although, it. And I mean, we're going to talk about it in the next episode. Yeah. We will talk about it on the next episode for sure, but I can't and say I'm enough about excited. the serial podcast. We've we're gonna keep listening, but the uh, yeah, I didn't. We I'm had gonna tell you right now. Don't bother it. with the rest of serial. Oh really? Yeah, don't. Yeah. See, yeah, the first wow. one's the only good one. Maybe maybe you might be more interested in that whole weird Bo Bergdahl POW thing than I am, but it just they peaked with season one. Well, that was just mm-hmm. an ins- insanely interesting case. And the thing that surprised gonna... me is I didn't look up the image of, is it Arnad or is it Ahmad? Arnad Sayed? Arnad Sayed. Arnad Sayed. So the first time I looked at that guy and looked up an image of him, I was like, oh, shit, that dude's fucking big. Like, that's a big brother. Mm-hmm. That's a big dude. 
Yeah, he's a football player, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big oh, track, track, track. I'm just saying, as a track. grown man, this many years later, that's the image I saw of him. You know, he's a big dude now. I'm sure back then he looked like any kid would at 17. You, you know what? You know what show you've got me thinking of now? What was the name of that 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 parody investigation show on Netflix? Was it you? Did you do the dicks? I don't I don't remember the name of the show, but I know what show you're talking about. Oh, so good. American Vandal, maybe? It might yeah, my yes, it was. It was a spoof documentary. And it was American Vandal. God, that was so good. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to a few shows. I I was just really those are the things that got me across a long road trip. Um and and you know, I had to find a way to recover from having to listen to the horror show football game that was the saints and the panthers uh for a minute there i thought i was a viking you're bitching about football games right now i'm just saying don't don't even don't even don't even talk like that in my presence okay i don't know what you're saying (laughs) are are you a fan of a team that can't win or something i mean moving on are you a fan of a kicker that can't (laughs) kick a field goal I just knew it was going to get strong. I don't want to talk about it. I'm trying to stay sober. Well, we will definitely He's do done with fantasy a, football a little more of a <laughs> football visit on the next episode. Yeah, pretty much already checked out. Yeah, because we need and, to talk uh, about my monster football, win. The moment I set my team. The yeah, moment I do. set my team to auto draft. Hey, man, auto draft is very effective for some people. I think auto draft hustlers does good every year. And then depending on what moves you make, as is going to be evidenced by Becky here waxing intellectual on our fantasy football break off we're going to do in a little bit. Yeah, she's going to she made a bunch of killer moves after auto drafting herself and and I think scored the maximum points a possible. Holy shit, I'm in third, holy shit, I'm in third place. Yeah. So yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what to say. You realize if I don't, you realize if I auto draft and I don't do anything for the rest of the season and I somehow win, you have to dissolve the league. No, I don't realize that. And I will it's not. It's proof that fantasy football is broken and, and dumb. Oh, <laughs> there needs to be an investigation into <laughs> fantasy football. There needs to be, there needs to be a forensic audit. Fantasy gate. They want me to do a flawed <laughs> audit and get back to you with the same answer. Well, Brando, I got drunk and shit-faced and counted all the numbers wrong, and it turns out you're still in third place. <laughs> there's, my, there's my answer for you. Fake news. It's a fake news. Oh, <laughs> uh, You know, uh, I want to <laughs> say thanks to everybody for keeping up with us and listening to every episode. I know we've been a little intermittent while I've been away and getting our stuff back together. Um, it's It's always really cathartic and fun to just sit down talk with a couple of close friends like Brando and Becky and make sure we kind of stay on track. It has been a weird few weeks, but going forward, we should be on schedule and on time every week. Like we were before, uh, pending future hurricanes, of course. And, um, you know, keep, we're going to do our research this week. We're going to get back. We're going to hear Becky's theories about the, uh, potential, uh, future season of serial, covering this whole case all i know is the images i saw (laughs) that woman looked traumatized so i'm i can't wait to talk about it and i i want to end on a there's more on a high note i really oh i'm sure there's more about about the case hey love true crime about your theories you mean 
Yeah, I know. Well, listen, that's what? something about nurses. And I'm excited and about crime. my theory. I think those go <laughs> hand in hand. <laughs> you sound I'm not excited about, about what happened to uh, her. But listen, guys. <laughs> Oh, of course not. Uh, I don't yeah, think anybody's. It's, it's good that you yeah. made that perfectly clear. Yeah, but thank you for making that clear. We don't want yeah. to be held to that kind of standard. But um, listen, guys, just a reminder. You know, you can donate in in however you want, either through the Red Cross. Look up Brooks Frederick's art show to bring um, proceeds to people in need in Southern Louisiana, uh, and just try to stay aware of it. We really appreciate you. Uh, sticking with us for every episode and hopefully you come back for the next one remember that brevity box is brought to you by the ruminations radio network the intro music and outro music was created by mitch at area 42 studios and we all collaborate to put together the wonderful tapestry of misgivings and crazy thoughts that come out of our heads randomly here at brevity box and we appreciate you coming back every week please check out our website at www.ruminationsradionetwork.com. And you can email us at brevityboxpodcast at gmail.com. Please reach out, let us know what you're thinking, or if you have any requests on something you want us to talk about. Uh, And then before I leave, I want to make a big recommendation that you take the time to listen to a brand new episode of Ruminations from the Red Room. And it is a special episode. I want everybody to listen to it. I'm always excited for new content from Mitch. And uh, I have not yet listened to this, but by the next episode, I will. Uh, Always good content. There's a lot of good content from the Ruminations Radio Network. Check out our website and find some for yourself. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, kids, it's Don Shanahan. And file hissy fit one of the podcasts on the ruminations radio network if you've been enjoying this show come listen to will johnson and i fight it out over cinema's best and worst on cinephile hissy fit find us and all the great shows over on ruminations radio network.com